right, glad you're with us. Uh, right down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. You know, I um, if I were to have predicted how I'd feel today, it'd be the opposite of how I feel right now. And then I'm, I, I don't want you to misinterpret it that I don't care, but I really am I, I'm, I'm just so numb and non-moved at all by, oh yeah, okay, impeachment again, impeachment, here we go, impeachment, impeachment, impeach, 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 impeach. It's just, it's, it's meaningless at this point. And everybody knows it is, and I, I think beyond the swamp creatures and their desire to get up and get their moment in front of a television uh, camera and, and play to the crowd of lunatics in their base of their party, the rest of the country is rolling their eyes because it's going nowhere. There's no point to doing this because, and I confirm this, by the way, I've made a number of calls. There was an article that came out last night in the New York Times, Fox News also then later had an article, uh, foxnews.com did. And the headline in the New York Times, McConnell is said to be pleased about impeachment, believing it was easier to purge Trump from the GOP. And I'm like, what? And then it, Then I'm reading stories how McConnell, stay with me here, don't rush the judgment on what, what, remember it's the New York Times, don't expect it to be accurate. And then I am and reading about, you know, Kevin McCarthy, he's gone wobbly as well, and now other allies in Congress, and McCarthy has decided not to lobby Republicans to vote no, et cetera, et cetera. And what should he do? And Okay, so I, I just do what I normally do. I, I don't trust other sources. You know, sometimes when we report things, we'll say they are reporting or so-and-so, and if they have some credibility, we'll do that. And so I just started making some calls, and I got on the phone, and I first got Kevin McCarthy on the phone directly, and I asked him, he goes, no, that's not true at all. That's what he said. He, he was like, no, it's just it's not true. And he said, it's just, it's just the opposite. He said, I've, I've sent two letters out to my caucus telling them this is a bad idea. And no, you're not. Uh, I am not considering or asking people what I should do. This is bad for the country. And so he was clear. OK, I checked the box. New York Times, Jonathan Martin, Maggie Haberman contradicted by direct source. Then I get in touch with McConnell's office. This is what I do for a living, right? My job is to do their job, which they never do. And you're a talk show host. You're an an opinion person. No, a talk show host does a lot of things. That's why we, not Maggie Haberman or Jonathan Martin at the New York Toilet Paper Times, we got Russia right. They got the Pulitzer Prize, but we're the ones that got it right. And uh, they were wrong on on the Trump-Russia conspiracy theories and hoax and lies it was that newspaper to say after the president does the travel ban to China uh, that who says it's not safe to travel to China? Well, I wonder if anyone took the New York Times advice. wonder how it worked out for them. So anyway, so I don't try I get on the phone and I get the comms person for communications person for Mitch McConnell. And the article, he said, well, first of all, we had corrected this a long time ago. You mean they didn't fix the article? They just assumed that it had been fixed. We, we, we fixed this a long time ago and gave them a whole different statement. And I'm like, and then 
they went into specificity and detail and literally said to me that it's salacious nonsense. And I noticed Mediaite says today, well, Hannity tries to deny. I'm like, it's not me denying. I'm citing my sources, McConnell's office and Kevin McCarthy directly, because this is what I do for a living. I this is this is the job that I do. Um, so I, and I reported it last night. I was able to get it on Hannity and get it on the TV show now. Um, and and there was a belief and and people had been saying in the mob, the media, and again, always the conspiracy theories and lies that, uh, in fact, um, uh, McConnell had agreed with Chuck Schumer to use a 2004 provision that would bring the Senate back in emergency session. So if the House impeaches Donald Trump today, they can have a speedy, quick um, trial in the U.S. Senate. No, McConnell has officially rejected an emergency session. And I can even take it a step further and tell you where we are at this hour. The earliest the Senate could even bring the issue up would be January 20th. That would be Inauguration Day, according to the Constitution. People that actually read it. Um would be that day at one o'clock presidents are sworn in at 12 noon donald trump will then no longer be president um so it's not going to happen but that's not going to stop the, the, the democrats now again you know i'm reading this thing and i'm, I'm going to be honest i stopped reading it because i was bored to death and it's like, OK, for four years, this is all I played the montages of impeach, 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 impeach. That's all they ever talk about. That's all they're ever capable of. And and one thing with them lowering the bar, I'm telling you, things have a funny way in life of coming back to bite you right in the ass. And it's going to happen because they're the ones that lowered the bar here. And Republicans and conservatives are fed up. And, you know, for what they say, you know, all of these words, insurrection, sedition, etc. The president's words matter. Maybe he didn't like the speech. I know one guy that didn't like it is Jonathan Turley. But he still says this is a ridiculous, stupid idea and dangerous. And same with Alan Dershowitz and a liberal Trump in the speech had said, I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Now, I think it was Rush. I, I read it first. Wish I had thought of it. I hadn't. And we've made the point since that that said, well, why aren't they playing as part of their evidence and presentation? You know, the tape of the president calling for violence and insurrection. Because the president didn't do that and words matter. And if you're in a court of law, at least one that's not run by some liberal activist judge in a liberal district with only radical Democrats that hate any conservative, which, you know, sadly, we have to worry about that in parts of the country. But I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, which then contradicts that. In other words, the president didn't advocate for violence, insurrection, destruction of property. It doesn't matter how many times the mob in the media says that he did. He did not. He was not directing anybody to do any violent act. 
and to race into the Capitol building. And those people that did breach, those that were part of a riot, those that might have attacked the police, reports of that that happened too, and engaged in this conduct, they'll be held accountable. He was saying to act peacefully and to let your voices be heard. Voices, speaking, freedom, speech, it actually means something in this society. If you care about law, there's a crime, it's incitement. You have to be clear, obvious, and unequivocal. As our friend Greg Jarrett has pointed out, who will join us later today in directing and advocating violence. Yeah, you're, you're allowed to peacefully protest. You know, it's, it's a little bit ironic because then we go back and we look at the Democrats and their own words. And, and we, they've got a lot of problems, as we've been pointing out. And and seems like some cooler heads are now beginning to prevail and more and more people. Roy Blount, uh, good for him. Uh, Joe Manchin, good for him. Coming out against impeachment He's not going to support this. And he said he won't even support filibuster, the end, ending the filibuster or packing the court. Uh, watch poor Joe Manchin is going to be a target of the radical hard left that his party has taken here. Um, so w- whatever happens today is meaningless. This is just symbolism. They just they just want their final pound of attack on on Donald Trump. He's the only guy that's ever been impeached twice. The only one in history. All right, whatever. Now, what? what they're going to bring it up in 100 days. Lindsey Graham's statement supporting the impeachment of the president would do great damage to the institutions of government. I don't think they care. You know, it's funny. You know, somebody sent me this thing. Apparently, uh Fake news, CNN's Don Lemon saying the anti-police violence was built on facts, which you can't compare to the Capitol riot. Oh, so if if you agree with the cause or the reason or the rationale, then it's no, it's not. Any violence. We don't want to live in a violent society. I want peace, security for every American and every good, decent American with a soul wants the same thing. The president, by the way, you know, because there's been a lot of, I guess, reports, FBI and law enforcement are concerned about the 20th. Today is the 13th. That's one week from today. When we come on the air. Inauguration will have to happen. We want to make sure anybody that goes to this thing is safe and secure. There is a big question I, I would like to see, you know, in a post 9-11 world with the breach of security the way we saw it on the 6th. It can't happen in this country. It can't. Now, we did have a 9-11 commission report. We need a full, thorough investigation. So this could never happen at our Capitol or any or, at our, or any major government building. I don't care if it's state, local. I don't care who happens to be in charge. We've got to protect our politicians. And we've got to protect American property. This was the argument conservatives were making over the summer about the courthouse it's the same one here president said in light of these reports of more demonstrations i urge that there must be no violence no law breaking no vandalism of any kind that is not what i stand for it's not what america stands for and i call on all americans to help ease tension and calm tempers he's right and we need to now we're gonna have plenty of of time and space to argue and 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 hopefully have some discussion on ideas. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, all this talk, take I'm taking very close note of everything and archiving everything Democrats are saying and the mob is saying 
about impeachment and about the 25th Amendment. Because I just have a sneaky suspicion that these issues could very likely come up very quickly uh, for them. And their own words, I think they're going to regret. And their conduct, I don't think they'll ever regret. You know, it's sort of like everything that we've said. And, you know, you, you go to it's like if we're going to apply the same standards, they would have been livid over Hillary's dirty Russian misinformation dossier. If they cared about law, they would have cared about lying to a FISA court to spy on a presidential candidate. Imagine if they did it to Biden or Hillary or Obama um, and then spy on a president. Imagine if they did it to any Democrat. Imagine if Donald Trump had said, you know, after everything we saw in Minneapolis, uh, they're not going to stop, meaning those people that were involved in the riots and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November. They're not going to stop after Election Day. Everyone should take note of that. Take note of that on both levels. And they're not going to let up and they shouldn't let up and we shouldn't let up. Like, wow, 2000 law enforcement officers hurt. These are violent riots. Nancy, I'm sorry, Maxie Waters, I will go and take out Trump tonight. What if somebody said that about Biden? What would the reaction of the liberal mob be? I don't want people talking like that in this country. Those are threats. That's not what Donald Trump said. It's not at all what he said. Um, and if you listen to this, the, the insanity on the on the floor of the house, you would think he did. I'm just telling you, I'm. You know when it's a show and you know this has no meaning today. It's going nowhere, has no meaning, and it's it's just an exercise and just, you know, more psychotic rage and hate towards all things Trump. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, and so much to talk about and so much to do and so little time. And, you know, just one of those crazy, insane and, and busy days that we all have on. And, um, you know, just amazing times we're living in. I know that it probably upsets a lot of you when you when you see, you read, you hear all of this, see all of this. It's it's just hard. And when you see a double standard, it's it's just hard. The snap impeachment. Well, it's not going to have a trial in the Senate. So what is the point of doing it? Just because they just don't like Donald Trump uh, and they don't agree. Just like, oh, we're, we're, we're thinking about putting Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley on a no-fly list. Because they supported an audit. They called for an audit that would have to have the approval of their entire their a majority of their body to do it which they didn't get okay there's a lot of nutty ideas brought up by a lot of people i love the impeachment team of pelosi you know ted lou is part of it the guy that that cheered for civil unrest in the streets if you remember now he wants the fbi to investigate you know the president for inciting an insurrection the same president that at the very same location that he was saying, you know, that he's referring to, we're going to march peacefully and patriotically over to the Capitol, let our voices be heard. It's it's kind of mind-numbing while ignoring, you know, remember, remember what the situation was with Kamala Harris. You know, if you want to, you, if you want to talk about, you know, standards 
and equal justice and application of their standards, then we got a lot of ground to cover here. Because you got Kamala Harris. Now, she said this on June 18th. This was only two weeks after the rioters burned a Minneapolis police station to the ground. Just two weeks after other violent rioters attempted to storm the White House grounds. That's when Senator Harris said this. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is gonna, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to stop. We've just been in the middle of rioters. Well, uh, Donald Trump said on the 6th, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. That's what he did. Anyway, so it's not going to the Senate. It, that's why I, I know that some of you want, I, I mean, I thought I'd probably be a little more worked up about this. I'm not. We've gone over the statistics about what has happened to people. You know, I've got the, let me play Maxine Waters. She was speaking in October of 2017. This was to a meeting, you know, some type of gala. Wow, what a moving evening everything is. I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I'm watching and I'm absorbing and I'm thinking about, I guess, whoever this Ali, I don't know who the person is that they were honoring, even though I never met him. And she said at the dinner and with this kind of inspiration, I will, I will go out and take out Trump tonight. Listen. Wow. What a moving evening this is. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about Ali, even though I never met him. And with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. No. Sounds like a loving crowd to me. You know, you think of, uh, for example, Ted Lieu. He's going to be he's going to lead this 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 madness. If there ever was going to be a Senate trial, he was going to lead this madness. This is a guy that said if Trump ever fired Robert Mueller, he said this in 2018, there's going to be widespread civil unrest. And people Look, if the president the does go ahead and fire Robert Mueller. We would have people take to the streets. I believe there would be widespread civil unrest because Americans understand that the rule of law is paramount. You, and it, you think yes. there would be civil unrest, widespread civil unrest? I do. I, th- oh, I do. I do. Hmm. Remember what Maxine Waters said about if you see. Remember they were doing this whole thing confronting like uh, Sarah Sanders and Ted Cruz and uh, Kristen Nielsen and, and others in restaurants. Pretty crappy thing to do, right? When, you know, why don't you leave people alone? They're not working. Anyway, and then, you know, what was Maxine Waters? She, she encouraged more of it. Listen. You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. Yeah. Who have protesters taking up the house. Who's saying no peace, no sleep. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, yeah. in a department store, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome 
I have advice. If you see somebody you politically disagree with, you can either say hello or nothing and leave them alone. How's that? People with their families, you see them. You're not welcome anymore. Pretty unbelievable. But that's, you know, that's that's what we've heard. You know, then you got uh, Cory Booker urge people, uh, you know, a, a call to action. Please get up in the face of Congress people. What if I ever said that? I never would, but what if I did? What do you think the reaction would be if it was me saying all of these things? You know, Hillary specifically said you can't be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. Has the Democratic Party not been pretty uniform in their their desire to destroy all things Donald Trump? Eric Holder? No. You know, no. They go low. We kick them. Kick them. Shell Obama always says when they go low, we go high. He goes, no. When they go low, we kick them. Joaquin Castro saying Democrats would fight Trump, challenge him in every way they can in Congress, the courts, in the streets, and in the protests. The president declared a national emergency about a government shutdown. The president was considering it, I guess. If he does it, we're going to fight him in the streets. Joaquin Castro. You know, God is on our side, Maxine Waters said, urging activists to physically confront Trump administration people in public places. Listen, I've had this happen to me as a public figure. It doesn't bother me particularly that much unless I'm with, you know, people that have, you know, they they have no business being attacked because of me. It's not fair to them. You know, it's kind of hard to be a friend with a public figure, I guess, these days. You know, John Tester, Montana. Remember, Nancy Pelosi said that when you're in an arena, you have to you have to be ready to take a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. John Tester of Montana said in encouraging people to punch Trump in the face. And a lot of Hollywood people that we pointed out that have done all of this, too. By the way, did they encourage violence? Is that what they're doing? I'm going to go take them out tonight. The incendiary language that has been pretty much nonstop. What, what did we see? I've given you a lot of numbers this week. You know what happened? We had two, over 2,000 police officers killed. A couple of dozen people killed. All these riots. Businesses destroyed. Arson. City streets taken over. Remember my interview with Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr.? He lost his son in the Chop Chaz Summer of Love Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone. Summer of love. Democrats, they weren't calling for law and order. That's anarchy. Police stations burned. Precincts burned to the ground. Precincts taken over. Didn't do a thing. Rocks, bottles, bricks, Molotov cocktails. Where were the Democrats saying stop? The fake news, seeing and now they're actually just well. There was a real reason then for the people. There was a good reason to you know be protesting. No, no, no. There's never a good reason for that kind of violence. So it just isn't. You know, the, one of the things that you know for all these years, and I train hard. I really do. I'm. I can't believe how much progress I've actually made. In you know, it's going on. I guess eight years now. Mixed martial arts. I mean, we we train hard. We do a lot of situational training. And the thing that I, I, would, I would really 
I, I, we practice more than anything is diffusing. You know, somebody, I, I want to walk away. Names don't bother me. You can call me any name you want. Can't get physical. Not going to end well. And I just would do everything I can do to avoid it. Everything I could do to avoid it. Walk away. Walk backwards, but walk away. And try and avoid it. And I'm in great shape, and I, I'm very, I'm pretty well trained now. Trained more than most police officers at a much higher level. And we really need to have ongoing training for police officers. I do it an hour and a half a day. And I'm busy. I make the time to do it. And um, it's just a dangerous world out there. But I'd never want to ever use any of what I know. Never. I don't want to. I'm not a violent person. I don't even care names that are called. But you think of the consequences from this summer and then, you know, no Democrats. They didn't want to alienate their base for the election. Two L.A. deputies shot in the head in that Compton ambush. That was September 14th. The effort to defund the police, billion dollars out of the NYPD, how's that working out? Not good. No bail for criminals, that's not working out well either. LAPD, supported by Kamala, not good. Reallocate, Joe said, police become the enemy. At one point, some demonstrators in L.A. were seen blocking emergency entrances to a hospital. Remember, I didn't finish my thought out in Seattle when Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. was shot. Remember we played the bullhorn, the guy, the police, emergency first responders begging the autonomous zone, chop, chaz, summer of love people. Can we please offer medical help? They had to fight their way through to just to offer help. Seconds matter in a moment like that. Please move out of the way so we can get to the No, one witness in the L.A. case said the demonstrators tried to get inside a building. They were saying death to police, kill the police, pushing all types of curse words, derogatory terms at the police. Look what the police have been through all summer. Headline Detroit News, Michigan police officer ambushed, shot while attempting to arrest carjackers, trying to do his job. Headline AP, June 7th, deputy killed, two other officers shot, California ambush. ABC, October 31, two officers ambushed. New Orleans, headline CBS, Minnesota officer ambushed by gunman. Two others wounded. Headline NBC, July 11, two officers shot, killed, McAllen. Headline Baltimore Sun, Prince George's County Police, three officers shot, ambushed. AP, federal officer killed in shooting outside of Oakland Courthouse. You have thousands of people that died, thousands of Americans attacked and injured in the attacks last year, you know, and you could even argue that this defund the police did not have good results. They cut the New York Police Department by a billion dollars, set, you know, 20% of their freaking budget. 2020 crime surged straight out of hell, up 97% in shootings, 45% surge in murders. They released their preliminary. It's staggering. L.A. defunded their police, praised by Kamala. Had that work out. Homicides, shootings, car thefts spike there, too. Killings hitting a, a, a decade high in killings 
after sustained reductions in shootings passing the 300 mark. That's up 40 percent. Minneapolis, they cut the police budget by $8 million. Well, guess what? Shootings, homicides went up 64%. Great job, guys. 74. Now, I'm not talking about the police, the people that cut the funding. You got Mayor Lightweight in Chicago, $20 million budget cut there. Let's see. The end of last year, 774 murders, 50% increase. From 506 in 2019. And the Chicago Police Department's 22 police districts recorded more murders in 2020 than the year before. Number of overall shooting incidents skyrocketed also 52%. How's that working out? This defund effort. Kamala. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. Well. I mean, the Democrats are going to impeach her. They're going to impeach her. Are they going to impeach Joe for wanting to take President Trump behind the gym? What'd they ever do to De Niro? I want to punch him in the face or I dream an awful lot Madonna about about bombing the White House, blowing up the White House. It's all phony. They're just liars. I'm glad the Republicans in the Senate are not touching this. I guess Schumer will, I guess, after, you know, Inauguration Day. Buckle up. You have no idea. It's going to be a rocky rocky year, I promise you. Simple man, and he characterizes himself as such. He's anything but simple, in my humble opinion. I can only mean one thing. That's all things Bill O'Reilly. As we speak, we now have 130 Democrats voting to impeach Donald Trump again. 138 Republicans saying, up, 139. Only six Republicans saying yes, and it's not going to the Senate. The earliest I talked to Mitch McConnell's office today, it could ever make it to the Senate floor, will be on January 20th at 1 p.m., which is after the constitutional deadline. Bill O'Reilly, all things BillOReilly.com. Bill O'Reilly told me a secret yesterday, and I'm going to have a hard time keeping this a secret, you know. You shouldn't have done this. This is bad. And I know who's going to get killed next on Bill O'Reilly's killing series. And I'm shocked that it's not killing Hannity. No, you're uh, I'm going to wait uh, a little while because I, I want to spend. A no, lot no, no, no. I, I keep my word. I'm a man of my word. But I will. Can no, I, I say this? And yeah. If at any point you want to stop me, stop me. I think this is perhaps the best idea for your series ever. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not blowing smoke, as you know. I don't blow smoke. And, um, you know, since every one of my ideas has been extraordinary, that's a very <laughs> hot take. So we got 18 million copies of my books in print. Yeah. Uh, the ninth killing uh, Here we go. Simple right man. Now. Yeah. Yep. Now get ninth killing book is Killing Crazy Horse. May 4th, Killing the Mob. And tomorrow I may sign... For the 11th killing book, which is the one I told you about. And why I told you about it, I, I have no I, idea. I go, why did I do that? <laughs> you He's made the biggest a, mistake uh, in your life telling me this. And yeah, I, you know what? You really didn't because. I to use television show and I told him something I don't want out there. Why did I do that? I have no idea. It must no, have been listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, I'm saying it now publicly right. and I'm a man of my word. Um, all right, let me. Do, can I ask a do, couple of. 
Can I ask the simple man, Bill O'Reilly, a couple of, I want to do like a quick lightning round, and then I'm going to just shut yeah, up and sure. let you say anything you want. Can we do that? Yep. Okay, you're a simple guy. Let's go back to January 6th. You, you watched the speech, you heard the speech, you read the speech, you read the transcript, we all did. The president said in that speech, I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Is that a call for insurrection, or at any point in the speech did you hear a call for any violence or insurrection? No, but you're asking this country to actually be rational, Hannity. So as soon as this capital thing happened, there was a meeting on K Street in Washington, D.C., among the ardent Democrats, and they decided to pin the insurrection on President Trump the same way they pinned all the COVID deaths on him. You remember that, right? No, I mean, are you saying that they're, they're, that Donald Trump flew into a Wuhan scientific conspiracy yeah. lab? I mean, who, so, I don't know what this is. They, no, they've tried they to say. Donald Trump as president of the United States, was derelict in his duty, and everybody who died from COVID in this country is on his conscience. It worked to some extent. So what happened on this one was, these pictures were so horrifying, everybody was talking about them. It was a quick meeting um, on the phone, conference call, and it was decided that the news cycle would be President Trump incited the violence. The next day, the New York Times had that on its front page. President incites. You remember that? Mm -hmm. This is all a design. It is all calculated. There's no so there was nothing in the president's speech. Yeah, look, I, I've been honest. I, no, no, I, no. That wasn't even taken into consideration because that would be fair. This was an act of destruction by a party that wants to put the president away. So All right. the, now we're not the lightning the round is not working, but go ahead. No, right, but I, th I thought your audience would find that pretty interesting. It is interesting. That, I'm, I'm, and, uh, now the opposition, here's, sorry. Instead of all Americans banding together and condemning this action, that's what should have happened. The opposition said, you know what? We're going to use this for political purposes. Here's what I want to ask you now. If This is the part of the lightning round. I'm going to play for you words of Kamala Harris on Stephen Colbert. This is after the Minneapolis riots and a, and a lot of things had happened by that time. And I want to ask you if, if the standard Democrats are applying to the president or applied to her and then I'll play Joe Biden out of it and apply it to him whether or not th this would reach the, their standard. Theirs, not mine, not yours. Listen. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels. That this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? 
No, I wish we were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. I, I made a mistake. I didn't make a mistake, but they asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? And I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Bill O'Reilly, if the same standard is applied to Joe and Kamala, what would happen? Well, I mean, look, Ms. Harris is justifying what happened after the George Floyd killing. By the way, I think I stumped That's... Bill O'Reilly. I've never heard you not have an immediate answer. Keep going. I'm interested now. Go well, ahead. I mean, I want to I want to choose I want to choose my words carefully and methodically because I don't want to be in it in the category of the hater. So she's justifying everything that we saw in the summer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You can't deny that. And they should, she said. Uh, Joe Biden's just immature. Um, I guess he wants to come across as like, you know, a regular guy in the bar. And, you know, let's take this outside. I don't really take either of them seriously. Is that wrong of me, Hannity? No, I don't, I don't really. I don't, I don't think, think that's wrong. I, I, listen, I, I don't I, think. I, well, go ahead. I thought I'd be upset today. I'm like, it's it's so stupid, and it's not going to be brought up on trial in the Senate. But, you know, the president will be long gone, and then there's issues of jurisdiction at that point, as Alan Dershowitz has said. Let me ask, let me play for you, okay. uh, Bill O'Reilly, simple man. Let me play just a little montage, Maxine Waters, others, and things that they've said. And then, then I'm just going to hand it over to you to just bloviate, to use your word. Go ahead, play it. Wow. What a moving evening this is. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about Ali, even though I never met him. And with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. You have members of your cabinet uh, that are being booed out of restaurants. How dare he say the things he does? Of course I want to punch him in the face. Right. Yes. Yes. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. This idiot is the president. The guy is a fool. Come on. Our government today, with the prompting of our baby in chief, has... In chief, I call him. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? <laughs> With Trump, when he's in jail, and that, that I certainly am looking forward to. Um, when he's in jail, if they give him a, a, a platform there, he'll never keep his mouth shut. Bill O'Reilly, your reaction? Well, this is part of the hate culture. You know, I think we've reached the nadir word of the day. And I think all good Americans have to stop and say, all right, look, enough of this. You know, um, we put up with it for five years once Donald Trump 
uh, started to run for president, then elected, and now uh, it's spilling over into the Biden administration because they won't let him go. Yeah, they are so obsessed with President Trump. The people who hate him um, are so obsessed with him that it's a neurosis now. I mean, it's almost you're almost tone deaf to it, you know. I mean, does anybody take Robert De Niro seriously? Anyone on the planet? I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm and I'm listening to this montage, Maxine Waters. Have you ever been to Maxine Waters' district, Kennedy? Have you? No, uh, yes, I have. As a matter of fact, I have. It's a, like a third world country. There's How a lot of violence. There's a lot of, I, I, you know, it's like I've been in Nancy Pelosi's district, you know, a mile from her house yeah, and a mile from her office in between. Waters' district, district makes Nancy Pelosi's district look like Beverly Hills. That's one of the most dangerous places in the United States. We should be working to keep neighborhoods safe and secure and, in the case of Pelosi's district, provide basic facilities and drug counseling. So my question is, when are we going to all stop this? There's no reason to impeach Donald Trump. That doesn't further America's greatness. You don't like him? He's gone. All right? Biden now got a chance. Let's see what Biden does. Um, I'm willing to watch and, and in a fair way analyze Joe Biden. I don't hate Joe Biden. He would never do an interview with me. I mean, one time I cornered him and I said, hey, your boss has been on with me three times, Barack Obama. Why won't you talk to me? He goes, oh, Riley, I'm not coming on your show. I mean, I, I'm not going to put myself through that. And he laughed because he knew I would, well, he knew that it wouldn't come out well for him, but I'm I'm not I don't hate him. I mean, even Kamala Harris, I think she's dangerous. I think if she were ever president, that this country would be in trouble. But um, I don't have a hatred for these people. So what about you who hate Donald Trump? What kind of a person are you? Why are you applauding this impeachment when it hurts every American? It divides the country further. A poll comes out. McLaughlin and Associates of uh, Trump voters say they're less likely to vote for a Republican if they back this impeachment witch hunt, which, by the way, they now have the votes in the House. Um, And uh, my question is, Bill O'Reilly, what is the long term impact if they after the president leaves office, pull this crap out in the Senate, which would be a little ridiculous? um, What does it mean for the Republican Party? I think this is going to be a lot of ramifications here. Um, it depends on what happens to the country. So nobody remembers the Ukrainian phone call impeachment, right? Who remembers mm-hmm. that? Nobody. I don't even think they're going to remember this, um, particularly if the country goes south and President Trump will regain credibility and power if that happens, because the country will say, uh-oh, you know, now we're all getting hurt because of policies that aren't successful economically. So we got a call here, you know, the guy who fixed it in the first place. So it all depends on events. But I I really don't think, even in the history books, that this political impeachment, both of them, are going to amount to much. It's so funny because, you know, I would have thought that I'd care more about this. And to me, it's just an average day, Bill, of hearing Democrats. You you called it neurosis. I've long been calling it 
out of control rage and psychosis. And I say they wake up every morning and it's every second, every minute, every hour of every day. And I'm going to predict the media will will say we're not going to talk about Trump anymore. And then when Joe gets as dull and boring as we know he is, they're going to be obsessively still covering Trump. Well, Trump's going to get the blame for anything goes wrong. Um, but I expect bad times for many in the media because you're right. What are you going to cover? You're never going to see uh, Mr. Biden. You'll see him. He's not going to be around. He's not going to do press conferences. Um, you know, he's going to be in the uh, White House somewhere. I don't even know if Jill will know where he is. He'll just be wandering around. How are you going to cover that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do cultural stuff on BillOReilly.com and on my radio broadcast, but I'm not going to cover Biden unless there's a, um, you know, stuff happens. I know China's going to test them. In fact, I'd like to know what China has on Joe and Zero Experience Hunter. Maybe we'll find out one day. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. Thank you, sir. We're going to hit the phones when we get back. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. News you won't get from the mob. Hannity tonight at 9. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about Ali, even though I never met him. And with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. So it frightened a lot of people. And of course, the line president said that I had threatened all of his constituents. I did not threaten his constituents, his supporters. Uh, I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Get in their faces. Now, Maxine Waters, like, you know, it's just like the rhetoric we're playing from Kamala Harris and the rhetoric from Biden and the rhetoric from Hollywood, starting with Madonna on down, Johnny Depp, and the rhetoric from a lot of Democrats, Joe Biden included. We should take him out in the back of the gym and, you know, like to punch him in the face, you know. You know, you almost have to laugh in, in sick times like this, but it, this really is nothing funny. There really isn't anything funny here. Uh, all right, let's get to our phones. A lot of you have been very, 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 very patient. Uh, let us say hi to Travis in Idaho. Travis, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. I'm doing great, uh, Sean. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure is all mine. Glad you called. And what's going on? So I was. Uh, I went to the uh, speech uh, with, with Trump at the White House. And then uh, after the speech was over, we went to the Capitol. We walked down there. I want to clarify that I didn't go inside, nor did I cross any barricades or go past any police lines. So I, just to make sure. Well, that was, that was the, the vast, overwhelming majority. I know a lot of people went in, but that crowd was massive. I mean, that crowd was huge, as okay. you know. I mean, I, I, I don't really think I got a final estimate on it from anybody. Do you know how, what would you estimate it be at? I don't, I don't know how big it was, but it was a huge crowd. We were, uh, we were in the middle of it. I was taking pan shots of it. I could see that the crowd stayed right up until just close to the end, and then some of them started dispersed, but everybody stayed there towards the end. There wasn't a, um, you know, a huge exodus before, and, and what happened from what we could see from the other accounts of people at, at the Capitol happened before Trump was done speaking or even right at the end, but it's 
you know, mile now, and we've a been half, following so it, and, and a lot of people, you know, there's there's clearly people, and you know, I don't know who they all are. I guess we'll find out everything in time, and I don't like to jump the gun on stuff like this. There are definitely people that, um, you know, jump the gun. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, well, and the biggest takeaway that I had was, is when we were walking up and then we could see, you know, people started, were like, holy Toledo, they're, you, you know, the, they're, you, you could see and you could hear and your eyes are telling you one thing, your ears are telling you something else. Uh, but the, and, and, and Trump people were involved. I mean, that's just the way it was, but they're not everybody was a Trump. Everybody has a different purpose and, and these different groups, you know, could join in and, and, you know, it's a perfect platform for them and they could do it underneath of somebody else's flag. But one of the things was, is if you're there somewhere and you see something and you hear something you're, and that's what your eyes and ears are telling you, but if something's getting broken or if somebody's going into a building where they shouldn't be, they're doing any unlawful act, you have to stop and say, no, I am not getting involved in that. That's not us. And, and it was hard watching it. And I was there recording it to, to realize that's what was going on. Wasn't really what was going on. There were people, um, with bullhorns placed around, you know, they were just spread out telling people, come on in, go in here, uh, you know, getting people to do something, hold the lines, you know, inciting it and i was thinking if you wanted to do that why don't you do it why are you getting other people to do it and then you realize oh that you know they were there just to do that just to get people to continue to engage in the activity there were a few people who were actually doing you know the breaking and and rattling the barricades which is silly it's like why are you rattling the barricade the police officers just standing there why don't you just step out it was kind of almost. Let me let me, let me say it one way because you, you're basically saying you see law breaking, you see trouble, and you know instinctively you want no part of it. And that was I, what I saw. The vast majority of people that went to the rally did that. I said the same thing over the summer. There were a lot of people. You know, America was rightly indignant, shocked, horrified, and outraged over the George Floyd videotapes. Right? Okay, and people were pe- peacefully protesting um then there are the agitators that were involved in the rioting and the looting and and throwing rocks and bottles and and frozen water bottles and molotov cocktails and we have all these injured cops over 2000 and many people died sadly in in those instances and you know the media was silent you have the words of democrats and there's you know again if you use the same standards of quid pro quo Joe Biden on day one would be impeached by the Democrat standards. If you use the same standards that they're applying to the president on rhetoric, uh, both Joe and Kamala would have problems based on the previous remarks that we've played over and over again on this program. Again, the same standard. You know, nobody nobody really wants to get to the text of what it is that the, the president said. Um, you know, the president, you know, went out of his way to say many of you you know, will peacefully and patriotically now be walking down to the Capitol building. I uh, said that in the speech. You know, a lot of people have already pointed out, um, and, and we've made the point before, too. You know, if where it, what is specifically, I would think if you're going to have an impeachment, you just pull out the videotape and say, these statements right here, this did it. 
Well, peacefully, we're going to peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. But, you know, look, this isn't about common sense. It's not about reason anymore. It is it is the culmination of what has has evolved into every second minute hour of every day, a psychotic rage and hatred against the president. And the ends justifies the means they have. There's no remorse whatsoever among those that lied about about Trump Russia collusion. They were wrong, dead wrong. No, no remorse about the double standard on Hillary's dirty Russian disinformation dossier. No outrage, no calls for justice, no, no adherence to or principle adherence to equal justice under the law or application of our laws. And and that is that is the current state of the country. And it is divided and it is sad. And but, you know, and then you have all these other issues. We, we can't have a capital our U.S. capital not secure, and we have hundreds of thousands of people coming to town, marching to your capital, and they can breach within 30, 60 seconds. Uh, why weren't they prepared? Uh, I don't. There's no excuse for that in my mind. That this was all preventable with a little preparation. Now they're rightly preparing for the inauguration on January 20th. President went out again today, reminding people to everybody to be peaceful. Um, and I, I, I would urge people that, you know, that maybe are not Biden support, stay away from the Capitol, stay away. You know, we, we win in the arena of ideas. This is verbal combat. It's not physical combat. You know, at the end of the day, we've got a country here and we have, uh, we've got a country that, that has a lot of problems and a lot of disagreements, but we can disagree passionately and, and and change the country any way we can, big or small, without resorting to this madness. We saw madness all summer. I, uh, and nobody wants to witness what happened at the Capitol. This is insanity. Um, and, I, you know, the, the idea that the left has a monopoly of purity here is beyond, a, you know, ridiculous. Sad. Anyway, thank you. Stanley next, Missouri. How are you, Stanley? Glad you called. I'm good, Hannity. Thank you for taking my call. I thank love you. the show. Um, the re- reason I'm calling is I, it almost seems as if the Democrats are like purposely poking a bully in the chest in front of the teacher or whatever, trying to invoke responses from conservatives and stuff in order to use that to further their agenda of clamping down on our free speech, you know, outlaw MAGA rallies and things of that nature. Because, I mean, they know that as far as impeaching the president, more likely that's not going to go anywhere and it serves no purpose and you've got the censorship coming from the big tech companies shutting down parlor things like that almost seem as if they're pushing people to respond and i'm i can't say it strong enough to urge people don't let them do that you know talk to your local legislator get involved that way and make sure in two years in 2022 you vote because I believe they're going to push a lot of moderates and stuff that voted Democrat around this time and against Trump over to the voting for the more conservative and, you know, moderate, even moderate Democrats or conservative Republicans, because they're not liking the fact that they're getting so radical with their policies. Look, they're they're already overreaching. You can see it. And it's it's. 
Uh, look, it, it, it will shock the American people what they've got planned. And none of it's going to work. And no. because socialism, leftism, redistributism doesn't redistribute redistribution of wealth doesn't work. None of it works. Redistribution just fails. These are false promises. Uh, the wokeness, the PCism, the efforts to silence conservative voices that will get stronger. It's not going to get weaker. And there's very few people on the left that are even they, they love the idea of silencing conservatives. And I know because I've been living that nightmare in terms of my very survival being on the line, radio and TV every day. I'm not whining about it, not complaining about it. I'm just telling you what is a fact. And it's not just me. It's any conservative in the media. You know, I guess every day that I get this microphone or get to be in front of a television camera is a gift. And I, I and, and I do have the freedom. I do my own shows. There is I, I have no input from any of my employers about the show that I do. I, I make those decisions with me and, and my team on radio and my team on television. And we go our independent path and we'll we'll continue to go our independent path. You know, people say, well, what about this show? What about what this person said? I, 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 I don't control those hours. I control my hours. I control what I say. And I have my three hours on radio and an hour on TV. And I try to do the work that others will never do. And we're going to continue to do that work as long as as you will support these shows. I can't do it without you. That's just a fact. I've said it many times, and I thank you for it. It's an honor to be able to do it every day. All right, let's get back to our busy telephones. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Uh, Dan, Indiana, next. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, Sean. It's good to hear your voice. Thank Uh, you, sir. Sean, I just... uh, I just wanted to uh I wanted to add that uh I do not believe going forward the uh Republican Party can be a viable party without um Donald Trump supporters and uh I do not believe that the uh Republican establishment ever really wanted him in power and uh I mean you can see that from their comments during the 2016 primaries uh they they do not want the uh, status quo uh, upset, and and they are. Uh, I think they're. I think we already saw it in Georgia. Uh, people do not will not support this party uh, if they think that uh, you know it is uh, not really in step with Trump. Um, I, I I don't think they get that yet. You know, you're a hundred percent right. The Trump base is critical to the to the Republican Party survival. Now, I'll say this. And by the way, you raise a great point, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We'll, keep, we'll put you on hold with this quick answer. And every party is a coalition party. But I'll tell you right now, the establishment that has always hated Donald Trump and hate we that support him, they can never put a can't forward a candidate that's going to get 75 million Americans to vote for them because they're too timid. They don't show a lot of political courage, and they've been engaged in the swamp for far too long. Donald Trump was elected known as a disruptor and an iconoclast, and he has been, and he's been successful doing it, which is why people love the results of his presidency. I mean, the results speak for themselves. And if the establishment thinks, and that would be McCain supporters and Romney supporters and you know, Cheney Bush supporters that and I'm not being critical of any <clears throat> any of these people. I'm just saying that 
that the ones that are in the category that have voted for them but hate Trump and would rather help Joe Biden win, and there's enough of them, um, look, they, they'll never take back the Republican Party. They're going to try. It's not going to work. I don't, I don't see it working because I think the base of the party wants people that are bold, that will fight for their core beliefs and values. And, and uh, I think that's what the president did very successfully in the four years he'd been president. And his track record is clear. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Sean Hannity Show. Sham Impeachment 2.0. And as we mentioned at the start of the show, it's a meaningless exercise today. And I'm, you know, I thought I'd get more worked up and a little angrier than I am. I just don't care. Because you, when you know something is just an act and just meaningless, and when you know there's such great hypocrisy and duplicity and such a, a flagrant uh, double standard because we applied the standards to Democrats. Oh, like Maxine Waters, if we applied it to Kamala Harris and her comments and what what she said uh, this summer. They're not going to no, stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to give up. They shouldn't give up. And we should not give up. Well, she's saying after all the stuff happened in Minneapolis and everything then in between. And she's saying it as somebody that's helping to raise money for bail for people that were arrested for those activities in Minneapolis. Oh, isn't that what they're saying Donald Trump was responsible for when Donald Trump said, I know many of you are going to peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. Um, so you see it where it is. You know, the Senate's not doing anything with it. That all has been clarified today. The earliest they can bring this up in the Senate would be 1 p.m. on January 20th. Anyway, John Solomon, investigative reporter, editor in chief, just the news dot com. His uh, best selling book is called Fallout. The host of uh, The Brief, a podcast, two number one bestsellers. Greg Jarrett is with us. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Let's talk about the news of the day. It's not going anywhere. Uh, to get to listen to what the Democrats are saying today, you have to ignore, you know, just what is amazing hypocrisy, breathtaking hypocrisy, by the way, yet again. Yeah, listen, I think even this is a drive by impeachment. I, it's, it's hard to imagine our founding fathers sanctioning what's happening today. We're going to do something that's going to take a few hours, what the Constitution considered to be one of the gravest and most serious actions that Congress should take. There's not any evidence being presented. And here is the big thing. We are accusing the president in this impeachment of inciting a spontaneous riot. But the FBI has told us in their news conferences, there was one yesterday by the acting, uh, the assistant director uh, for Washington field office, that this was an event that had been planned and plotted for days. How can you incite something that was already planned? The factual basis for uh, these charges have not even been allowed to be aired. We don't even know because of the fog of war, everything that happened, and yet we're rushing to this judgment uh, it must make our founding fathers, I guess you can't even use that word on the house of the floor anymore, but fathers is banned. But uh, it must make them turn in their graves to think that we've cheapened what was considered the nuclear option in the Constitution. Well, I mean, and again, uh, be careful what you wish for, because these things have a, have a way of coming back and biting you, you know, where. 
Um, and I've been saying that, I, you know, I'm paying very close attention to what people are saying about impeachment and the 25th Amendment um, because, well, my sources tell me that there is a laptop that is quite damning to the, uh, Hunter Biden and family. Um, and those things will be revealed in the course of uh, time. And, you know, we'll see how Joe's health holds up. He looks weak and frail to me. Uh, Greg Jarrett, you, you know, I see this as, OK, let's just hate on Trump to the very last second. They can't even possibly begin a trial in the Senate until until January 20th at 1 p.m. Uh, so what's the point? What's the purpose? And do you agree with Alan Dershowitz? There's no jurisdiction for the Senate uh, or the House to be involved in an impeachment trial or an impeachment if the president's already left. Absolutely, because the removal clause in impeachment is directly tied to the disqualification of uh, future offices. Um, and they go hand in hand, they're together. He, once he leaves office, there is no removal and therefore no disqualification. But, you know, look, the media as well as Democrats in Congress are blinded by their hatred of Trump. They're vindictive. They want their pound of flesh. They'll do it by hook or by crook, even if it means bastardizing both the law and the established constitutional standards of impeachment. They don't care about the damage, as you, Sean, pointed out a moment ago, that they're doing to future presidents by diminishing to zero the grounds for impeachment. Pelosi and Schumer are treating impeachment, as I said to you the other night, uh, like instant coffee and instant rice, which is, you know, is not very good. Uh, it, you know, if you make the comparison of coffee, if you, if you let it uh, slow roast and percolate, it's, it's better. This is supposed to be careful, determined, deliberative procedure. Um, the Democrats are abandoning the fundamental rights of due process that are inserted in their own rules. You're supposed to have hearings, the presentation of evidence, cross-examination, right to counsel, a defense presented by the president. All of that is in the Democratic House rules. They've thrown it out the window. They want to impeach Trump without due process safeguards. It's atrocious. And as a lawyer, I, you know, I'm mortified at what this will do now to future presidents. Well, I mean, I think we already know the answer to that, don't we, John Solomon? We already know. I mean, I, they have now lowered the bar of impeachment. You know, if we're oh. going to apply the same standard, let's look at the Ukrainian impeachment, John Solomon. Okay, quid pro quo. Quid, it was one fact witness. That fact witness said, no, he said no quid, no pro, no quo. Okay. Then we have one. Then we have Joe Biden bragging on tape. He leveraged a billion dollars. He demanded that a prosecutor get fired that was investigating his son who had zero experience being paid millions. Care about Russian interference? Well, you got to care now about Hillary's dirty Russian dossier, and you got to care about the three point five million dollar wire transfer to Hunter's company from a Russian oligarch. And there's the Kazakh oligarch uh, payoff. Then there's the Chinese national shopping spree and the Bank of China deal. Um, why do I think and then and then you have these other allegations that we all know are coming that are really atrocious, don't we? Well, yes, we do. And listen, the, the, the same premise. This is the danger of rushing an impeachment. Remember what the claim was. The claim was there was no basis. The president requested an investigation for something for which there was no basis for an investigation. We now know there was an ongoing criminal investigation of Hunter Biden and his financial dealings at the very moment 
the president was inquiring about whether uh, there could be an investigation. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's brand new. I just learned this last night. There is a document that was never provided to the impeachment team. It was never provided uh, to the Senate uh, investigators uh, through the two years of their Ukraine investigation. November 22nd, 2016, George Kent sends an email inside the State Department that makes a damning statement about Joe Biden's conduct in Ukraine. And the State Department classified it and has kept it away from everybody. Only recently, after all the witnesses were interviewed in the Ukraine Senate investigation, was this email alerted to Senate investigators. And the State Department is trying to hide this document in its final days from being released. That is the danger. The fact that the president's lawyers, his defenders, could not present that evidence because the deep state kept it away from them. That's why drive-by impeachments are so dangerous. Due process is being denied. Factual information is being denied. And we haven't lowered the bar. There is no bar anymore to impeachment. It is gone. It's like stepping over the threshold of a door. No bar based on what the Democrats have done here. And I do worry for future been, presidents. Well, let me ask you this, then. You talk. You call it a drive-by impeachment. Um, I've been reading and hearing and people have been commenting on the possibility of a massive document dump in the final days of the president's uh, administration. Uh, is that possible? Is that likely? Are you hearing anything about it? I think it is almost certain as long as the president, uh, you know, stays the course on this, that there is. And here's what that story is going to show. The Russian collusion narrative was created specifically after Hillary Clinton and her team were alerted that a foreign power may have gained access to her classified emails and that the impeachment or the uh, Russia collusion story was created to distract the American public and to put Donald Trump on defensive, even though they knew it was false. That's what these documents are going to show. I've been working on this for some time. That will make the the conduct of the first two years of the Russia collusion story reprehensible beyond what we already know, which is pretty reprehensible behavior. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Now, you you know, there's going to be, and this is not going to be very hard, it'll write itself over time, Greg Jarrett, but mass hypocrisy. But we've already seen that. The media mob Democrats, they didn't care about Russian interference with Hillary's dossier. They didn't care about abuse of power with premeditated fraud on a FISA court based on that phony Russian dossier. Uh, They didn't care about the quid pro quo with Joe or foreign election interference and, and literally... Uh, a family foreign uh, syndicate being created for the Bidens. Uh, do they get away the next four years with no scrutiny whatsoever? Because I don't think that's going to happen. Well, they can get away with it now that uh, Kamala Harris breaks the tie in the U.S. Senate. So that gives control of the investigative committees of both uh, the Senate and the House squarely to Democrats. And You know, uh, Joe Biden has picked his own attorney general. So let me ask you this. Who's going to do the investigation? Certainly not the liberal mainstream media, uh, because they've been complicit in covering it all up. Um, And so there are very few of us who are are going to pursue it, including, you know, my friend John Solomon, you, Sean, and uh, I'll do it as well. But look, to, to what John just said, Chapter 2 of my book, Witch Hunt, lays out how Hillary Clinton invented the Russia hoax. And now the latest documents show uh, it corroborates uh, that thesis. She invented it to distract from her own scandal, which is, is just reprehensible that people like James Comey and Andrew McCabe, John Brennan, I mean, the whole gang 
uh, you know, were her co-conspirators in a way. And they ran with this to destroy Trump and drive him from office. And that destruction and effort to drive him from office is now seen on the House floor today during the second impeachment, which is completely hypocritical. Read the article of impeachment. It said, well, uh, Trump encouraged Republicans to challenge the electoral vote tally. Well, that's exactly what Democrats did in 2001, 05, and 2017, as Jim Jordan pointed out today. All right, as we continue, John Solomon, Greg Jarrett are with us. Let me ask this. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I'm just about as relaxed and centered as I can be, and I'm just watching it. I'm like, it's just another day to me. This is Democrats being Democrats being Democrats, and this is how they've acted the last four years and it just doesn't move me or impress me all that much. John. Yeah, listen, I've been talking to people in real America, in Wisconsin, in Indiana, and in Florida, all day today, and this is not even on their mind. Listen, they have bigger things to worry about. They're trying to save their businesses. They're trying to uh, get, put food on the table for their families. They're trying to get those shots and get back to life as normal, the vaccines. This story does not register outside the elitist narrow tunnels in New York and Washington and L.A., uh, and everyday Americans, they, they think this is a waste of, uh, of taxpayers' money and time, especially because they know the president is peacefully leaving office on the 20th. They're trying to do the people's business, and they see their government once again focusing on something that doesn't help them, but may help the politics of the Democratic Party. Uh, there will be repercussions. The 2022 is being set up to be the judgment day for the Democratic Party, just like 1994 was for the Democratic Party under the Newt Gingrich Revolution. 2022 is being set up for a reckoning for all of these uh, left-wing Democrats that are not listening to the base of the American people. You know, I I think that's a great analysis. And I I just tell you, when you lower a bar this low, and depending how far? I think the Democrats are going to overreach on everything, Greg Jarrett. They're going to look at this as their one moment in history where they can shove every socialist dream down the throats of the American people, whether they like it or not. That's where I think they're headed. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, there's a constant theme among Democrats and liberals. They always overplay their hand, and they're doing it again. I agree with John that there will be an enormous backlash over this drive-by impeachment here. The first one was wrong, as we now know, and the second one is on track to be doubly wrong. You know, you can't accuse the president of inciting violence when his very words don't meet the legal definition of incitement. You know, the president said, Quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully, he said, make your voices heard. Nowhere did he advocate violence or destruction of property. He didn't tell the protesters, launch an assault on the Capitol building, breach security, riot, attack police, engage in seditious conduct, threaten lawmakers. No, he didn't do that, just the opposite. He called them to act peacefully. How in the world can you impeach a president for that? You cannot, but they're doing it anyway. I just want to put emphasis. I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. A lot different than Kamala Harris. All right, Greg Jarrett, thank you. John Solomon, thank you. We'll continue. We'll continue. 
right, 25 to the top of the hour. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, so this this whole sham impeachment 2.0 thing is going on. I've never thought, would have dreamed that it just, it just is like an average day to me. I just don't care. Um, all I see is rank hypocrisy and an outright lie. You know, I, the, the, it, it is so unbelievable to me how much hypocrisy you have to take on. What a double standard you you have to absorb to be a liberal today, whether you're in the mob, the media, whether you're a Democrat. I mean, you've, you've got the great words of Kamala Harris. I mean, she's out there saying yeah, they're not going to stop. They won't stop. And neither will we. And all in the middle of. You know, everything after it happened in Minneapolis. The president's words were clear in the speech on the 6th. I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Okay, you could disagree with the president. You can say the speech was hot anyway. But that's those are his words, his actual words. And it's like. Okay, we're going to start. When do we start applying the same standards to liberals? Anyway, Jim Jordan uh, and Matt Gates led point on a lot of this for the Republicans today. And here's some of what they said. In his opening remarks, the Democrat chair of the Rules Committee said that Republicans last week voted to overturn the results of an election. Guess who the first objector was on January 6, 2017? First objector, the Democrat chair of the Rules Committee. And guess which state he objected to? Alabama. The very first state called Alabama. President Trump, I think, won Alabama by like 80 points. Actually, he won it by, he won it by 30 points. They can, object, they can object to Alabama in 2017, but tell us we can't object to Pennsylvania in 2021? Pennsylvania, where the state Supreme Court just unilaterally extended the election to Friday? Pennsylvania, where the Secretary of State unilaterally changed the rules, went around the legislature in unconstitutional fashion? Pennsylvania, where county clerks... In some counties, and you can imagine which counties they were, let people fix their ballots against the law, fix, cure their ballots, their mail-in ballots, directly viol- direct violation of the law. And they tell us we tried to overturn the election. Guess who the second objector was in 2017? The individual managing the impeachment for the Democrats. Americans are tired of the double standard. They are so tired of it. Democrats object to more states in 2017 than Republicans did last week, but somehow we're wrong. Democrats can raise bail for rioters and looters this summer, but somehow when Republicans condemn all the violence, the violence this summer, the violence last week, somehow we're wrong. And Democrats can investigate the president of the United States, as Mr. Hoyer went through, try to impeach him, investigate him for four years, but will not look at an election that 80 million Americans, half the electorate, 80 million Republicans and Democrats have their doubts about. I I, I said this last night. I do not know where all this goes. And this is frightening for the country. We should defeat this rule and we should defeat the impeachment resolution when it comes up. The speaker said to us just moments ago, words matter. But apparently those words don't matter when they're uttered by Democrats. When the gentlelady from Massachusetts calls for unrest in the streets. When the gentlelady from California brazenly brags that she called for people to get in the faces of those who serve and support the president. I denounced political violence from all ends of the spectrum, but make no mistake, the left in America has incited far more political violence than the right. For months, our cities burned, 
police stations burned, our businesses were shattered, and they said nothing. Or they cheerled for it, and they fundraised for it, and they allowed it to happen in the greatest country in the world. Now, some have cited, some have cited the metaphor that the president lit the flame. Well, they lit actual flames, actual fires, and we Time put them out. Fire! There will be order in the house. I yield back. All right, let's get to our phones. Many of you have been very, very patient. Uh, I think it's Angel. Angel, Florida, how are you? Glad you called. Are you an angel you sent from heaven? Do you have wings? Uh, <laughs> incarnate. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. <laughs> See the harp? That was the angel's harp. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. It's a wonderful life. Right, anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, thanks for uh, having me on, Sean. First time caller here. Uh, Long time listener. Uh, listen to your radio program, TV show, all that. Let me just get to the point here. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling on our conservative leaders, such as yourself, who are on the front lines, who has a face, who has an audience. I think when I was listening, you said you had like over, what, that, 20 million uh, people who t- tune in. Big audience. Rush has a big audience. Glenn Beck. And it's like the, I feel like the silence on this whole Q movement, the whole QAnon uh, movement, it's, where are our political leaders educating the American people on this? The, I mean, I've heard you speak on it a little bit, uh, Rush Limbaugh, Sean, or uh, Glenn Beck, but it was all in generals. It was nothing you've, like... You've never heard really, me speak about it. The only thing I've ever said is I, I, I know nothing about it. Nothing. Now, you got to remember, I'm off social media for the most part. My, my team does my uh, tweets out news and information. Um, I gave that up a long time ago. I gave up email a long time ago. And it, probably some of the best things I've ever done. Um, I've actually, there's two things I've asked people about, about it, and they've tried to explain it to me, and they don't know who it is. And, they, you know, and then they go into this long concocted whatever. I'm like, Okay, this makes no sense to me. I just, it sounds ridiculous to me, and I just move on. I don't, you know, that's not something that mainstream conservatives, I don't know a single mainstream conservative that buys into any of this stuff. So I don't know what, you know, you're asking me to comment on something I don't know. Well, I guess we lost him. No, we did not hang up on him. This is not a conspiracy. In terms of the social media platforms that exist, for people that might have views that I don't agree with or or things I don't even begin to say that I understand, um, I, you know, there's got to be standards. I, I, I don't want to be a part. I think outright racism would you'd be well within your bounds or calls for violence. You'd be well within your bounds. Um uh, of of saying that these are the standards, the the basic standards you've got to meet if you want to post things on a specific platform, and that platform providers have people that monitor, but it's got to be equally applied. You can't let an ayatollah uh, be out there chanting "death to America" or Israel, and then cancel a a United States president because you don't agree with the president's positions, which is what they've done. And last I checked, the Ayatollah still had a Twitter account, wasn't permanently banned. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to speak out about that. I, I don't know anybody and I don't want to know anybody that takes on racist or uh, sexist or homophobic views. I don't want any part of this crap. 
You know, you're not a conservative. Conservatism is really simple. If you really want to break it down to what I want and believe in, I, I, I am a Reagan, in this sense, Trump conservative, an American first conservative. And I want lower taxes. I want less government intervention in our life. I don't have faith in the government promising me my health care, my retirement at all. They've squandered Social Security and Medicare. And, you know, they're headed for bankruptcy and they robbed the lockboxes. They screwed up Obamacare. Millions lost their doctors and plans and everybody's paying a fortune more. So I don't have faith in them. So limited government, greater freedom. I want energy independence. I want border security. I want uh, I want free and fair trade deals. I want peace through strength. Got to have the meanest, toughest military in a very dangerous world. And um, I want judicial. I don't want judicial activists on the court. I want people that will adhere to constitutional principles and respect co-equal branches of government. I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, that you take care of that list. I'm done. You know, and I want safety and security in every town, every city in this country. I like we're going to do schools for our kids. If, if you're going to screw them up, at least give parents a choice. We can fix that problem. It's not that complicated. I mean, that's and, and you know, we believe in, in basic fundamental love. You know, the golden rule, love God with all your heart, mind and soul, your neighbor as yourself. You know, God, family, country. OK, I mean, that's that's America to me. And then everybody does their own thing and finds their own way. Remember, freedom, liberty are God-given. We're endowed by our creator. That, that's what separates us from so many other countries in this world, that, that these rights are divine. They're, they're God-given. And that under freedom, those God-given talents, you bring them to fruition, and the government can't stop you from pursuing your dreams you know, short of selling drugs and destroying other people's lives to make a profit or whatever other nefarious activity you may be involved in. It's not that complicated. And it's frankly, if you break down the Trump years, that's what he did. That's what he fought for. And it was beyond successful. It just was. And, you know, if you ask me how history will eventually view this presidency, it definitely is controversial. He, we, America elected a disruptor and an iconoclast and a, and a, and a gladiator to be president. And he fought and he exposed both Republican and Democrat swamp creatures. And I think ultimately it's been a good thing. And he kept all of his promises. That's rare. Anyway, I hope that answers your question. Uh, New York, Mike is next. Mike, what's going on? Hello, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, man. What's what's um, happening with you? Welcome to New York. Well, where We're dying in New York. It's awful. Everything's closed. I'm actually in Syracuse, up in Syracuse, so it's not as bad here. But um, I just want to put a point on the show, your show last night on Fox. You hit, hit it right on the nail. I mean, you don't see too many people going back on all these people, Kamala Harris, Maxine Waters, all the comments that were made over the summer about standing up to people, getting their face and all that. And then there was people ran out of restaurants and everything. Uh, some of it, I think, was directly from some of them comments. And I just want to... I just want to point out something first in answer to the question. Now, the, everybody knows how bad the Democrats really have a personal thing with Trump. I mean, they've been trying to smear him for four years. It's, it's a disgrace. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's disgusting. And for, in, for what the guy, gentleman said on the show earlier, I didn't hear him say a racist thing. I listened to the rally. I didn't hear him say anything controversial, violent. I, he didn't tell anybody to do anything. He didn't have a detailed plan. And now they're saying that his timing on coming out and telling people to leave was, was a bit too long. I mean, what was he going to do, go out there with a blowhorn and tell everybody to go home? I mean, if he put something out on Twitter, 
they're not going to see it if they're there in person. I mean, so I think it was timely that he did it. It was about maybe 45 minutes, a half an hour. And, you know, my question for you is, now, how come some of these Republicans that are that are bashing Trump and now they're turning on him, which a lot of people said, Rush even said it, you know, that this was going to happen, okay, so they could be accepted in Washington now for the next four years. Well, they're turning their back on him. And besides, I mean, you and Rush and everybody who lets people know the brighter side of Trump, this, this impeachment is ridiculous. And when does, why do they not, are they not held accountable for this? And how long can they get away with smelling a person like that? You know, look, um, it's sad on a lot of levels. And, you know, it's funny because I have conversations with people and they say, well, well wait a minute. But, Sean, then they, they explain in great specificity and concern and detail. And they make more sense than 99 percent of most people in Washington. And then they go, well, why don't why don't they just see that? And I'm like, they don't want to see it. It's not about that for them. You know, it does the, the rank hypocrisy, the stench of hypocrisy that they are willing to take on for political purposes and and their own personal power gain is beyond, I think, the comprehension of good and decent people. You know, you, you can't say you care about Russia and interference and ignore intellectually, be honest, and ignore the, the dirty misinformation dossier. You can't say you're for law and order and ignore the dirty dossier, never verifiable used to spy on a president and a presidential candidate. You can't say you're against uh, a quid pro quo in Ukraine and ignore Joe and Hunter. You can't ignore the the China deal with Hunter. You can't ignore the shopping spree for Hunter's family. You can't ignore the Russian oligarch and the and the Kazakh oligarch and the wire transfer to Hunter's companies. You just can't. But that's if you care about truth, if you're intellectually honest, and you have common sense. You can't look at the president's comments um, that I know everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And, you know, listen, there were parts of the speech I didn't like. I I thought the president, vice president made a good team, and I think that there were lawyers on each side that argued whether or whether or not um, Pence had the ability or power uh, to do what the president was asking to do, I mean, even even constitutionalists like Mark Levin. No, he, it's a ceremonial role. I, you know, and I and I'm a constitutionalist at the end of the day, and that was not an option. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. We'll have the latest on this sham, boring, stupid, inconsistent, hypocritical impeachment today. What a shock! Senator Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio will join us. Mark Levin, thank me, God bless us. Dan Bongino, Pete Hegseth, Matt Gates, and Joe Concha. We hope you'll set your DVR. Join us every night, independent as usual. Hannity, Fox News, news you won't get from the mob. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight. See you back here tomorrow.